0: Reinvest in your wellness goals this summer with savings on supplements, August 23rd and 24th only. I'll be offering 10% off all products in my online full script supplement dispensary. August 23rd and 24th, two days only, get 10% off and free shipping on my entire inventory of top supplements at dearhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. It's the safest and most convenient way to purchase my curated supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast, free shipping and optional refill reminders via text or email. It's safe, secure and includes world-class customer service. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com for 10% off and free shipping for two days only. August 23rd and 24th. That's drhoffmanstore.com. Drhoffmanstore.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I think you'll find this uh, very topical. Uh, because uh, we've invited back one of my favorite uh, guests. Uh, she's an expert on home and office air quality. She's America's healthy home expert. Uh, she's Caroline Blazowski. Uh, she's kind of a, a ghostbuster when it comes to uh, sources of environmental toxicity within your home. And we've talked to her in the past about uh, hidden mold toxicity Uh, Hidden chemical toxicity. Uh, She's CEO and founder of the My Healthy Home Company. Uh, And their website is myhealthyhome.info. Is that correct, Caroline?
1: Correct. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Also, uh, healthyhomeexpert.com. You can find her in a variety of ways. Um, However, there's a new elephant in the room, and that is COVID-19. And from what I understand, you have been in real demand uh, in the past few months, uh, trying to do something about air quality, uh, where we know that uh, indoor air quality is very problematic when it comes to the spread of this pandemic. So, uh, what you been up to?
1: Yeah, it's been a little bit crazy since the last time we spoke, and we, you know, and you and I have always pushed the agenda that. It's important as far as environmental health to look into your environment and see what's there and what could be contributing to health effects. But now the entire world has sort of tuned into what you and I have been saying for years and everybody seems to be interested in the health of their home. One, because we're there so much more now because of COVID, but then also because we know that COVID transmission can occur within the home and within its occupants. Well, you know, the, I think uh,
0: one of the big factors in uh, our recovery from the pandemic in normalization uh, will be to uh, retrofit uh, our homes and businesses and gathering places, you know, places like theaters are vir- virtually uh, deserted. Uh, people don't want to fly on planes anymore. They don't want to eat out in restaurants. Yeah, maybe outside, but not inside. Uh, is uh, Can air quality measures... Uh, provide us with a road back from uh, the ick factor.
1: Absolutely. And that's what's been happening. I mean, when you're in this industry, you know, we've seen it happen since, I guess, around March that people became interested in UVC technology. And, you know, for people to understand, that's ultraviolet light technology different than UVA or UVB that you get directly from the sunlight. UVC is something that we really don't get in the atmosphere. But it's been used, you know, you're familiar with this being a physician in hospitals quite frequently to treat viruses and bacteria to eliminate or eradicate or inactivate either. Um, And then also we've gone to all sorts of Indoor air technologies, which, you know, we've been on the forefront for a while because we've been doing these things since 2005. But now everybody kind of wants to say, hey, how do we eradicate mold? How do we eradicate a virus? How do we eradicate a mycotoxin? How do we eradicate SARS-CoV-2, these little small ultrafine particles? So what we've been doing has become really popular. Indeed.
0: Uh, So, you know, let's talk a little bit about the characteristics of uh, the virus itself. Uh, I guess, you know, you're not a medical doctor or a virologist, but I guess you've done a crash course on the viability of uh, the virus and what are the circumstances that uh, promote its uh, sticking around. Uh, and what are some of the things that uh, inhibit it? You know, so, you know, in the winter, we tend to humidify, uh, you know, we heat and, cold and, and cool our environments. Uh, is there a strategy when it comes to just, you know, simple, uh, uh, you know, some of these these simpler measures, you know, before a- we get absolutely. to UV light?
1: Absolutely. So let's just talk about the virus a little bit, because I think people forget that I never thought, well, let's back it up a little bit, but I never thought that the industry that I was in would become so um, important to the pandemic because we know this is an aerosol or, or let's say it transfers through aerosol droplets. So we're talking about something that's really tiny. So when you're talking about SARS-CoV-2, you're talking about something that's between 006 and 0.014 of a of a micron, which so by the way give people it, it an can idea.
0: penetrate some of these, you know, cloth masks because it's it's a weave. It's not like an impenetrable barrier. It's very absolutely you know, it's a lot of gaps. 100%. Yeah,
1: these are very tiny particles. So just so the audience knows, your hair. Let's just take a piece of your hair is 70 microns. Oh my! So one thin little piece of hair. We're talking about something that is 0.125. Mm. So. Like, so what's do the math here? That's tenth.
0: like you know that's eight per eight particles per micron times seventy. <laughs> so that's a lot of particles. That you know it's like how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? How many uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2 particles can dance on the head of a human hair? Uh, you know, literally hundreds.
1: <laughs> it, right, and it, and just you know, it's easy for people to they they think of this invisible virus, but it, to get an idea of how small we're talking about. And so when we're talking about transmission, a lot of the transmission happens when we expel. Or we, or we basically cough or sneeze or, or allow our particulate to come out of our body, right? Mm -hmm. This mucus or even sing. I mean, there's
0: actually some strictures in California where they say you're not supposed to, you know, sing during Thanksgiving. You're not supposed to have loud conversations, you know.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Well, and that's because these airborne droplets that come off of us. And you're talking now, those droplets are anywhere between a tenth of a micron. To a hundred microns. Okay. So it's your spit. Or your saliva. Or coughing. Or sputum. Or whatever you want to address it as. But these aerosol droplets come out. And that's not the virus. The virus is attached to all these little mm-hmm, things. That mm-hmm. are smaller. in that mucus. The virus is right, right. tinier. Yeah. Right. So you know. You've got different things. Like lipids and water and proteins and salt. Mixed in with this virus. So what's interesting. From an indoor air quality perspective. Is that for years. We've been telling people. To really monitor relative humidity. Mm-hmm. We say. Look, go down to your local hardware store, pick up something that tells you temperature and relative humidity. And you've Mm -hmm. often heard me say this.
0: There's a word for it. It's a hygrometer. A hygrometer. Ah. I know. See, I know some of these technical terms, (laughs) you know.
1: You're smarty. So, uh, so, and this hygrometer tells you this humidity range that you should be in. And when SARS-CoV-2 first came out, there was all this information that was sort of you know, disseminated that wasn't altogether accurate, but mm-hmm. it, they kept saying, Oh, if it's humid, yeah. we'll be okay. Yeah. When it's hot, it's humid.
0: Well, they're they just going to go away over the summer. It was like right. uh, the heat and the, and the humidity was going to make it go away.
1: Exactly. And what I, I think, and just being an indoor air quality professional for 20 years, what I think happened was when we, when we were outside, right, we definitely saw the virus lessen. Mm-hmm. And that was because we sort of, um, we had much more fresh air. We diluted the air. We were spending much more time outside. People open windows. That's the way we live in, in the Northeast. And if mm-hmm. you saw, which I found really interesting, was that the virus seemed to pick up in places like Florida. Remember, in the summer we saw, during the winter we saw this rise in the virus, and mm-hmm. then we went into the spring and summer months. We saw a decline in the right. Northeast, but we saw this uptick, right? Yeah, in and Florida and Texas.
0: I, I'm, I, I'm just, I know you're going there, but man, in Florida in July and August, oh, you can cut the air with a knife and it's like, you know, 90 degrees with 99% humidity. So people just, you know, it, 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 contradistinction to people in the Northeast who may be outside uh, enjoying the, the summer. People in Florida hunker down in the air conditioning.
1: But Right. So what does that mean? They went closed in. They started to be able, they couldn't be outside. So that closed in environment, that indoor air quality was allowing this to transmit. And this was my opinion. I saw this, this, you know, this path of, of, well, why is that happening? That's because we are so directly connected to our indoor air quality. So taking it back to the humidity again, what the study that came out of the University of Missouri, and this came out back in August, which was really interesting. And so they talked about when we coughed or sneezed. That those airborne particulates, those droplets, if the humidity was high, it would actually allow the virus to stay in the air 23 times longer. Mm. And most people don't even know about this study. It was done uh, through the American Institute of Physics, Mm -hmm. and then the University of Missouri did a lot of the research on the fluids. Mm -hmm. So I found that interesting. So here we have: if we've got it too high, too too humid, we're going to do badly with mold. We're going to do badly with dust mites. We're going to do badly with now, SARS CoV 2. If we allow humidity to go too low, it's the same thing. Too low humidity dries out your nasal passages, mm-hmm. it dries out your eyes, allows the virus to go in quickly. Mm-hmm. So, and it may this also render immune-
0: your, your immune, uh, your natural immune defenses uh, less capable of fending it off because there is that element, you know, and your eyes are mm-hmm. dry, mucous membranes are dry. But mucus itself is a bit of a barrier, I guess, to uh, viral
1: to attachment.
0: You. Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, so now we know that this controlling this humidity in a home between thirty and fifty percent is so key, and that even pushed this more to the forefront of of me educating people about why you want to control humidity. So that's the, so the Goldilocks
0: to, effect in humidity. Actually, it's not too mm-hmm. high, not too low, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay.
1: And, and when you do this, and it's a simple thing to do. I mean, you're you're talking about use a dehumidifier, use a humidifier if to control it. And when you do this, you can really keep yourself much healthier. So I found it really fascinating that you know not a virus was also very susceptible to humidity as well.
0: And you know, and I've read studies that say that you know it, uh, you know, viruses propagate in the cold. Well, that's their experience with uh, the flu virus, but this is a different virus. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it seems that experts concur that. Uh, Temperature is not such a big factor with us and that's why we're seeing uh, the persistence of this virus it's not so temperature sensitive like cold temperatures don't inhibit it and they don't promote it mm-hmm. and neither mm-hmm. do warm temperatures so
1: right but humidity can help it can okay. help deter it or allow it to proliferate and then also as we get back to this uv light the exposure to light and, and that's why when we talk about building construction and the how we've gone to energy efficiency and we've lessened the amount of natural light that comes in, there's so many studies that show us that just having natural light through a window will actually reduce bacteria mm. counts in a space by 50%.
0: Mm, that's interesting. So the, you know, short of getting it and we're going to get into the technology and, you know, I think people are, you know, they they can't take these expensive trips to, uh, you know, Europe and the Caribbean these days. So maybe they've got some discretionary money and it's, <laughs> it's an opportunity to upgrade the, you know, their homes. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about some of the measures that people can undergo. However, uh, you know, what simple measures like, you know, pulling the drapes, letting the light in. What about just simply opening windows? Does that make a difference? Uh, are there any studies that, that show the efficacy of that? strategy?
1: Well, the light definitely. And then with the windows, again, it comes back to that humidity content outside. So you Mm -hmm. only want to open the windows if you're maintaining a relative humidity between 30 and 50%. I'll give you a little bit, you know, you can go up to maybe 55%. But outside of that, you don't want to consistently keep that humidity. So if it's a nice dry day and sunny and beautiful, and you've got a lot of good fresh air, then you open the windows and let it in. If you don't, then you want to control it and keep that environment within a constant temperature and a constant relative humidity.
0: Okay, um, so let's get into uh, the technology now. You know this is huge because uh, you know you, you may have some big accounts here. You know uh, uh, you know corporations and offices uh, who want to retrofit uh, with the latest technology so that they can reassure their employees that it's it's safe to come back in same thing with restaurants same thing with theaters uh what are some of the options there
1: right and so and that's happening now i mean i've done you know n- numerous dentist's office numerous doctor's mm-hmm. offices a lot of the doctors are using the uv technology um, it's really important that you kind of assess your need right so if we're talking about you know let's just narrow it down so let's just say we're talking about homeowners I really like the use of UVC technology. And the reason I like it is because we actually, I just had studies come across my desk from, you know, the different UV companies that we utilize. And so they did basically a SARS-CoV-2 neutralization uh, by germicidal lamps. So they Mm -hmm. took, you know, they wanted to see how it inactivated the virus and it delivered 99.99% inactivation within zero to two seconds, which is, Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So what we're utilizing now is putting like, so not everybody has forced hot air, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the city, a lot of people have baseboard heat, they right. have steam Radiator heat, the older so. homes have mm-hmm. it too. Yep. So it, in those cases, it becomes more challenging. But you also have less effect of diffusion through the air of a virus when you do use a convection system. So the forced hot air allows things to propel through, right? So it's much more uh, not, not friendly to the virus. It allows it to transmit. So one of the first studies that came out of Wuhan, which I was interested in was they had a restaurant where everybody was social distancing. Everybody had masks on mm-hmm. and everybody in the building came down with uh mm-hmm. SARS-CoV-2. Mm-hmm. So why did that happen? It happened because somebody was sitting next to a return duct in a forced tight air system or what mm-hmm. we call an HVAC system mm-hmm. that blew air. Okay. It was a forced tight air system. So it's blowing air through. They coughed or sneezed near the return that air was recirculated through the entire Ooh. building, which is what happens. Wow! And everybody got sick.
0: Wow, wow. So, so the, so the, the the idea is to ahead. install one of these uh, UV units uh, within uh, the uh, uh, duct system. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I don't exactly know how these work. I, I you know, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I do have a home that has forced for hot air, and uh, I'm wondering how you know. Where would that be installed? That would be installed near the heat generation uh, or within the ducts with a central duct that, you know, diverges throughout the home. Well,
1: so what office? I what I came came up with was that I like to see it on the return. So in every system, you have a return duct, which is like this big, large duct that when you put a piece of paper to it, it pulls in. Mm-hmm. That sucks all that oh, air in. I see. Brings it through the system, heats mm-hmm. it, cools it, whichever, and then disperses it out through those supplies in the bedrooms and the bathrooms and oh. the dining room. So where I use the UV light technology, if so I can. The, so on the
0: intake, not on the, intake, not only on the, uh, the exhaust Correct. of the... Uh, Correct. Okay.
1: That is because if somebody is in that space and they decide to cough and you don't know, so you have someone in your home or family, Mm -hmm. friends, whatever, Mm -hmm. they cough and sneeze and they happen to be contagious, that will go into the air and the system will recirculate it, UV light it within two seconds of it meeting that return. Mm -hmm. And that air that's redistributed does not have the virus active. Hmm.
0: So, I mean, just give me a ballpark. I mean, sort of for a home, you know, like a you know three-bedroom suburban home that has a forced hot air system, you know, HVAC, you know, with air conditioning and heat, you know, depending on the season. Uh, you know, what kind of deal are we talking about? I mean, is this thousands and thousands of dollars?
1: No, or- no, no. no. It's really not expensive. So the lights themselves run usually about 800 to to $1,000 for your lamps, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then whatever your installer, which would be your HVAC contractor, or whatever they would install. So in max, say somewhere about $1,500, which is so mm-hmm. reasonable mm-hmm. to me, that will last you about a year. Um, and it goes inside the
0: return? It, it's
1: not- In the return.
0: Okay. And the and the and UV light it's it, so it's not can, it's not harmful to children or pets. It's not like you know you've got mm-hmm. to wear uh, you know uh, Polaroid sunglasses when you walk by the return <laughs> or something like that. Well,
1: you don't want to look at you don't want to look at the lamps, but they're hidden within okay. the duct. Got and it. the other thing is that not all UV systems. That's and and this is what we need to make people aware of. There's a lot that goes into a UV system. You want something that's got stainless steel, no plastic, because right. of the UV. Shines on any type of plastic component, it can degrade it, which uh-huh. could launch all kinds of other things into the air. So yes. you want to make sure Artful that you're residues. using it in metal, yep. metal ductwork, not mm. flex duct or plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. And then you also want to make sure that your UV lights do not produce ozone and certain UV, do, certain mm-hmm. UV lights do. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, I used to, uh, you know, many years ago, uh, these uh, UV generators were popular and it was like, oh, you know, clean all the air, you know, it's, it's great. And it's going to grab onto, uh, you know, mold particles. And, but then you, you smell this intense smell of ozone <laughs> and uh, right. it was kind it of pleasant, you know, but ultimately pretty harmful if you inhale that at high concentrations. So you don't want that, right?
1: Very harmful. It actually strips the lining of the lung and does a lot of permanent lung damage. And there were a lot of lawsuits back. I don't know if you remember them, but there was a company Mm. called, I think it was called Alpine. They uh-huh. produce yeah. these units and they got sued. You know? Yeah. Um. But so yeah, you don't want ozone. You want to make sure that it's all stainless steel units, and then it's got to be sized appropriately to your CFM, right. to the size of your unit, right. and and the output of the lamp. There's different variants in output, so we go with a very high output uh, lamp. But and that's why when you see these things, and I want to make that be very clear. When you see these wands and things made overseas that yep. are promoted on Facebook and social media that, yep. you know, UV light technology, you really need to go to somebody who knows the UV mm-hmm. technology and get something that works because there's a lot of scam out there. It, it just doesn't. It's not fit. It's not sized appropriately for your ductwork, so it's not going to work.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and in other words, it's not adequate just to get like a, a portable uh, unit, you know, and, and put it into the family room or something. I mean, that's going to do some good. But it's not a comprehensive solution.
1: Yeah, the bulbs are too small. Like, so e- there's even a lot of companies out there that make UV lights that go into ductwork, but the UV light's too small. It's not sized appropriately for the CFM. So mm-hmm. it just can't, you know, it can't do anything. It can't accomplish what you need to right. accomplish. So it's got to be sized right. And when it does, it works fantastic. I mean, we've been utilizing it for, I mean, I've been using UV since 2005. So, mm-hmm. Each, and that's for mold and mycotoxin and all of that. And we're talking about these really small particles that are also um, affected. Obviously, you see in the study that it's within two seconds of exposing it to light, it becomes inactivated. It, so it's an existing
0: technology, so it's, it mm-hmm. did not have to be reinvented the wheel. Uh, you, and what about larger spaces? Uh, I mean, sh- I don't know much about HVAC systems, but uh, do, do uh, offices and, you know, theaters and... Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, large workspaces, restaurants, do they have multiple returns? Because it would seem Mm -hmm. that, you know, just one return might not be adequate to ventilate uh, an entire large space.
1: They have big tonnage. So we go up into, so when you have commercial buildings, they have large um, HVAC units up on the roof. So we'll go in with bigger bulbs. It's just, it's the same technology, just larger, right? Huh. So you could get like a 60 inch bulb versus you would maybe need one for a residential that's a 12 inch. It's the okay. length of the bulb and then the okay. size of the CFM, but hospitals use the technology, you know, it's, it's across the board now. I mean, all the, a lot of the dentist's offices and I mean, everybody's starting to put it in restaurants as well because it works really well. Great.
0: And, and then, and I think people, uh, you know, professionals and, uh, people in business uh, then feature that, you know, they, is there a way mm-hmm. that as a business owner, you can, uh, or health professional perhaps, uh, feature this and say, you know, you can come back in now. It's safe to come back in because we're using, this is among the precautions we're using and, and, you know, maybe put up a little sign or an emblem or something like that.
1: Yep. That's exactly what we do. We send them a poster that says this facility has UV light protection. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because of one of the the doctors that I work with, we did their building. He's an an orthopedist and his wife is a gynecologist. So we did their entire building. And Vinny, uh, my significant other, unfortunately, had to go for a shoulder issue and he's like, look, you're, we're protected because of Caroline. <laughs> so it was you great, go. you know, but yeah, it works. It works really well, but we're not the only people doing it. There's, a, I mean, there's tons of companies out there and a lot of, um, that do a lot of commercial work that have been utilizing it now since March, at least. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. All right. A uh, good point of which to pause because, uh, you know, we've laid down some of the principles when it comes to, um, sanitizing our workspaces and our homes uh, with Caroline Blazovsky, she's America's home health expert. Uh, you can find out more at healthyhomeexpert.com. Uh, also, I like this one. It, it's myhealthyhome.info. You still have that domain? Yep. Yes, we do. I've been using that one for years. Patients ask me, you know, what do I do, you know, when it comes to air (laughs) purification and, you know, or alternatively, you are a detective. So, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, when people have unexplained health problems, sometimes their home needs a checkup. And who are you going to call? Caroline (laughs) Blazovsky is uh, our ghostbuster when it comes to that. All right. Um, I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Uh, This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. We'll be back with part two of today's discussion about uh, home and office air quality.